1: well, I mean, should I just push that 65 times, one for every? It does point sum
2: it right? up. That's
1: so I have a new soundboard today, and why that's different? While it's the same drops, I can I can push it every time I click it, it restarts the drop. So you know, normally there'd be a pause, but now I can just machine gun, rapid fire out the. I can just oh, let it go because. So sure, that won't be misused ever. But let's, let's just be honest, guys. We're going to talk about if it was Bill Self's fault, if it was El Marco Jackson's fault. No, no, no. It was our fault. Because on the last podcast, we said this. Uh, we all said after the Marquette game, hey, they're going to win 10 in a row. And ding, 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 ding. I don't have a bell on my soundboard. But how about that, guys? That's 10 straight dubs, isn't it? Or is it nine? Oh, it's nine. Oh, I hope I just didn't jinx it. They're 13-1. Oh, oh um, they're losing
0: in their first trip ever to
1: Orlando. Oh, no, that's nine. Okay, well. All we... our fault because we get... Ah, ca- that seems like your fault, Ryan. It's oh. exclusively your fault. Dumbass. Rats. Well, that's that's fine. I'll take some blame now because, <laughs> wow, do we have a lot of blame to pass along. Kansas goes to Orlando. I know they flew there, but let's just pretend they were driving for the drop's sake. And this was what happened. Oh no! Definitely not that. We're already on excellence of producing, and as I learned a new soundboard that I discovered fifteen minutes before we started recording. If this was Kansas, if their trip to Orlando was in car form. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a freaking mess! This is inside the paint. I'm Ryan Landreth. I'm Kedarius Tony's hands in <laughs> negative four degree weather. <laughs>
2: I'm I'm Nick Marco Jackson.
1: Well, I, I don't know which one of you I want to, to go away more after that because neither, neither of We're those... both going to have zero of our most respective uh, stats. Yeah, I was just going to say, Kadarius Tony has scored as many points in conference play uh, for the Jayhawks as Elmarco Jackson has. So, yes, Kansas, unless you've been living under a rock, you'll know they lost to the team that was picked to finish last in the preseason Big 12 poll. And uh, suddenly, Ken Palm was correct. All the AP voters were incorrect, and now we have to sit here after laughing. I didn't even get 24 flipping hours to laugh at Houston for not being in the AAC anymore. Because then guess what? Guess what our buddy Damn it, Bill. goes out and does? He loses to a former AAC team.
0: That is, uh, that, that's karma. <laughs> and that is how it goes here. and boy, That's Kansas basketball for everyone. Did those Houston Poetic fans... Poetic irony for days.
1: Those Houston fans laughed and laughed, and I laughed with them because, as they should, I was the idiot at that point. But it was all... Damn my, it, Bill! ...fault. Okay, let's let's do it. You're not getting an air horn today. You're instead getting the goat scream. That's going to be the air horn for today. You see Highly listenable show so far. <laughs> <laughs> well, fine. Fine, Landon. Would it make you feel better? <laughs> UCF 65, number three, Kansas, 60. All right, Nick, get us started. Let's read what happened because, you know, there are lots of people listening that don't know that they lost until this very moment. So tell them how we got there and then we can strike the match and throw it at the bonfire.
2: Yeah, Kansas shook off a rough first couple of minutes to build a huge lead in Orlando. They took a commanding 35-19 to 19 lead, 16 points, and they never looked back. Just complete, <laughs> utter uh, destruction of UCF in uh, Orlando. Uh, it, it, was, it was in part due to transition baskets and shutdown defense, uh, but as Hunter Dickinson ventured into foul trouble and the Knights switched to a zone. Uh, the lead grew—no, it dwindled— they were behind seven minutes into the second half, and the, uh, there was a couple of brief moments where they got it tied, and they were immediately followed up by a surge by UCF. The end result was a stunning five point loss to a team that was picked to finish last in the Big Twelve.
1: Yes.
0: Well, well they, they they switched to zone and we just we didn't handle ourselves very well tonight. Damn
1: like, it, like, damn it, what, damn it, we had a zone before. Damn it. What? <laughs> Which is, it kind of makes you like, my initial instinct was to laugh, but it also kind of makes you wonder did they practice against the zone? Because they kind of look like a team like that didn't. <laughs> Blast looks Yeah, it looked really bad. Looks so bad. Landon, your thoughts. You didn't watch it live. We got two texts. Nick and I were texting throughout the game, and we got two texts from Landon. One said, Wow, they're up 35 to 19. I just checked the score. Looking good. And then the other was right up to the final horn and it said, wait, just check the score and what? How did that go, sir? Well, how did, What was your reaction when your eyes saw your ESPN app? I assume that they probably went whenever they saw that.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what happened. Um, well, and what's funny is like, I got a a notification from like a KU discord server that I'm in, but I like, I never actually go on it, but I do get the notification sometimes. Um, and it just said, Hey everyone, just stay calm. It's not the end of the world. I'm like, what on earth is that about? They didn't lose to UCF, obviously. Or like Hunter Dickinson broke
1: his leg if they won, or, you know, at that moment, something's quite bad.
0: Right, and then I check your guys' group text uh, that I hadn't been on very much, and I see that I have, like, 20 texts or whatever from you guys. I'm like, oh, frick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, you guys were lamenting something awful had happened, and I checked the score, and I could not believe it. I could yeah. not believe they lost to UCF. It was, it was stunning. <laughs> and then to watch the game, it was equally as stunning that I did the next morning uh, because, yeah, they were up 35-19, and they were, like, firmly in control. And even when UCF goes on the eight oh run – uh, near the end of the half, and, and KU leads by, like, 8 or something. I think it was 8 at half, 37-29, I'm pretty sure. Yep. Um, it, it still, at that point, did not feel like they should lose. There was even several points in the second half where it didn't feel like they should lose. Um, it really didn't until the very end. So, yeah, just just a really
1: wild loss. I didn't think they were going to lose until they were behind by more baskets than they had possessions left even when it was like 60 to 57 or whatever with two minutes left, I thought, yeah, they'll probably pull this out. Like that's why, and and there are people that were complaining about how the one time they bet on it or whatever, I throw 30, 40 bucks on Kansas to win just about any time they fall to even odds to win a game. Bill Self has won 80% of his games, especially at home, but it's a little bit harder uh, on the road, but you still take it. He's won 80% of his games, so whenever you get even odds, at any point that they're going to win a game, yeah, you're not going to win that bet every time, but 7 out of 10 times that you decide to bet it, you will wind up winning. And it was stunning, especially against a team that hadn't been in that spot before. We talk about KU being a lot of team Super Bowls. And some of that's kind of stupid, but this was very accurate to call it that. It was that building's first ever sellout, for crying out loud. And and UCF looked great. They have a good defense. They completely confused Kansas. The crowd definitely played into it. And they fully deserved that win over a team that had one nine in a row coming into the game. Okay, let's talk about... A little bit of the history involved here Nick tell me what do you think about your concern level we'll do the history here in a minute let's do the concern level right now they are 13 and 2 overall they are probably with a win tomorrow still going to be ranked in the top five they're probably still the betting favorite to win the conference but they're now 19th in Ken Palm which the analytics were at least for this game proven correct they're outside the top forty in offensive efficiency, which is a shocking place for Kansas to be. Concern level on a scale of one to ten. Go. Uh,
2: I probably say it's an eight, and I'm I'm gonna Ooh. be honest. Like the, you, I've been gotten a little bit of criticism from you guys for being a little bit too pessimistic so far this season, which is justified. I mean, they they were on a huge win streak. They you know they're winning games, but I, I made a point to, to say that even in the non-conference that Landon said a little bit too like, yeah, it's more of like a KU entitlement. Uh, perspective maybe but they really just weren't looking impressive they haven't looked impressive a lot this year and earlier on it was more like well they've got to sort out sort out the, the the final roster spot in the starting five who's going to play the two guard is a martha marco jackson going to step up and um we'll wait to get this sorted out and it just seems like things have lingered on and a lot of those problems have persist and uh I, I think that finally this team just got caught um you know, Cotton, they, they didn't find a way to come back and win it. I think similarly like the Indiana game where they rallied in that one. But in this in this case, um, it just seemed like there was just n- no response in the second half uh, to get back into the game or at least get back into the lead for a sustained period of time. So I, I think this just exacerbates the problems that we've been seeing with this team, particularly, you know, the questions around Marco Jackson. DeWan Harris has, hasn't been great. I don't think at all at times, particularly in the late shot clock scenarios. Uh, and the ball movement has, hasn't been very great on his part either, at least from my perspective. Um, then Hunter Dickinson, obviously you can talk about him going out and sitting on the bench really oddly. Uh, as we're going to point out, it doesn't foul a lot. Um, it was sitting on the bench for much of that run that, that the, the points flip from like Eleven point like by like eleven points KU minus seven to what UCF plus four in that time period is on the bench so so yeah. really a, a, a determining factor there for KU losing their lead but yeah I mean it's just I think it's just inevitable right now we're looking at this team they have. Th- Three of two or three of the best players in college basketball, and Kevin McCuller, KJ Adams, and Hunter Dickinson. And then at times, you know, when when some of those guys, KJ was fantastic in this game. But at times, when like Kevin McCuller has a, a little bit of a downer game it's going to be visible with how many points these guys are scoring per per game and how much KU depends on them with the short bench. And I think it was just exposed in this game. And uh, the the road environment, for as much as we like to make fun of UCF and and (laughs) that they finally sold out a 6,000-seat arena for the first time in their history, uh, it it was one of their, outside of the Indiana game, one of their first true road games of the year. So um, I think there's a lot of factors. But I I think that you have to have a little bit of – pessimism with this with, with this, where this team's at right now especially considering where they were where we thought they'd be in the off season.
1: so i think nick brings up some good points like yes where we thought they'd be in the offseason to be 19th in ken palm is pretty shocking and it's clearly like those metrics aren't perfect but they're normally pretty good at identifying which teams are due for regression in either which way and clearly they got it right here because Kansas was this was a, a team that was uh, ranked about 75th in Ken Palm, and this is not a game Kansas should have lost. I think my concern level is about a three, and the answer is because Shelby. I'm just going based off of hi- okay, but but hold on, Nick, hold, look, think about the history here. This is not indifferent to any team that we've watched. They follow the same script every year. For all uh, the 2020
2: about- team didn't.
1: For how the but for how the talk about the NFL is scripted, KU basketball is super scripted. They win all their non-conference games besides one. They lose one of their first couple conference games, and everybody goes, "Oh my gosh!" Last year they were five and three in conference play. Last two years they were five, or the year before, um, the 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 COVID year they were five and three, and then last year they were five. And then Bill Self gets them all in a shape, and they overachieve until their inevitable tournament loss. Like, I guess I'm just like, yeah, they have problems. But every team they've had has had problems that I think are kind of comparable to this. And way more often than not, literally with two examples that you can say, Nuh-uh, in the last 15 years, they've managed to win the league. Like, I I don't know. if I'll, I'll be more concerned if they don't bounce back against Oklahoma. Landon, I don't know. I The, we, the problems that we knew are there, are there. And they have secondary pieces that need to get better. But you could do a lot worse, and KU's been in a lot worse spots in the past than 13-2 and two, with two of college basketball's best 10 players and a national champion point guard.
0: Yeah, I was going to say like 4 uh, out of 10, uh, concern. I, I do think you're going to see them play a lot of close games, though, because I think they, have, uh, they definitely have the talent uh, at the top end to play with anyone, but they don't necessarily have uh, the depth, especially on a night when Hunter Dickinson wasn't as good as normal, plus foul trouble. Um, uh, to necessarily compensate for that. They, they don't have necessarily the depth to pull away from a lot of people. Um, nonetheless, I mean, UCF's a team you should beat for sure. But, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not overly concerned in the big picture. Yeah, for most of the reasons you were saying, Ryan, like it's just kind of how it goes. Um, usually it's not to UCF or a team akin to that. Uh, but, you know, it, it still happens. They lose an early conference game and people freak out and it's not that big a deal. Uh, losing by five in Orlando is not going to affect, ultimately, where it shouldn't affect where they're seated, shouldn't affect the team that they are come late February and March. Uh, I think they'll have lots of time to figure things out. But I also don't disagree with Nick that I do think this game showed uh, in full color uh, the weaknesses of the program this year, um, as we've seen in other times, but this
1: time they really got exposed by it. So and basically, Landon just gave you the land answer ever. Ryan, that's fair, but Nick, that's also fair. That's fair. i I just don't like to bring up what i disagree with people as much i think it's good analysis uh let's let's talk about things that are not good which are these factoids here so kansas scored 23 second half points and made just seven baskets in 20 minutes they went from up 16 to down five so that tells me they were outscored by 21 points that's 46 for ucf and 25 for kansas over the last 24 minutes The 16 point blown lead is the largest ever for Kansas in a Big 12 game under self. The old record had been 15 to Iowa State at Allen Fieldhouse in 2017, but that's a game that you look at and you say, okay, Iowa State had three NBA players on the team. It took overtime, took an all time shooting day for them to win that game. That's one you feel a little bit better at than losing at the last place team in the conference, at least in the preseason poll. Kansas losing a game where they shot 63% from the floor in the first half feels impossible. It is their worst regular season loss if you're going based off of Ken Palm rankings since West Virginia in 2019. That's whenever that team was 4-1 and one and things really began to fall apart, the team that ended the streak. Uh, narrowly, the the Dayton game in 2021, ironically in the same city, just a couple of Ken Palm spots were are better than this. They've also had a few just before that West Virginia game, like Washington at the Sprint Center was worse. Oklahoma State at home was worse, I believe, because it was at home, based off of like how they measure Quad One, Quad Two, whatever. Where does it rank on your list? You guys have done this show for almost a decade, which is hilarious, um, and and you guys have seen lots of Kansas That's games. Crazy. How many—is uh, this one of the five worst regular season losses that you guys have seen? I think I'd put it about ten. Uh, I don't know.
0: I, I think it's pretty high considering opponent. Yeah, I mean, I know it was on the road, but I,
1: I think— I Let's think get one thing one out of the of system the right now, because I've seen this talked about on Twitter a couple times. People saying it's the worst conference loss under Self. It's not even freaking close to the you two— think? They're the 260th ranked on Ken Palm 2013 TCU team. Yeah, I was going to say the best comp is
2: 2013 TCU because that was their first season in the Big 12, and then KU goes there and loses. So it's it's very comparable to losing your first game against UCF.
1: The TCU team, the, if if that TCU team and this UCF team played, this uh Knights team would be favored by double digits. Not even close yeah. to the qual. And also the environment. I thought I was expecting Orlando to just kind of be a laugher for an environment. I thought it was pretty good. It was loud in there, and a little different than TCU. The but, a great environment, yeah. Yeah, but it's it's not a good one. They've lost to worse teams worst circumstances when you're up 16 on the road against a team that you should handle you're almost a double digit favorite it's one of the it's definitely one of the 10 worst i think you could argue I think it, it if, might be one of the 5 i think it might be one of the 5 all right here's 5 right right now that'll that'll end that washington at TCU conference loss, conference loss. Oh, conference loss. Okay, one if, of the five worst conference. Losses. Yeah, it has to be. If I can't count Oral Roberts and Richmond and stuff, yes, it's it's one of the five yeah, there, worst there, conference
0: losses. There have been worse overall losses certainly, but I, it, conference loss. I yeah, do think I it's, it's top five.
1: Yeah. I think honestly. I think we're all about right. I think it's about the tenth worst overall non-tournament loss, and it's probably a top three or four bad conference loss, honestly. Okay, let's talk about uh, some of the players here. Let's start getting into this a little bit. Landon, tell me about who my wife watching this game said is your seven foot two doppelganger and Hunter Dickinson. Oh wow, do- Nick, do they look alike? I think they do.
2: Uh, kind of. I I guess. I, mean, I think that Landon's kind of agreed at this point that anyone with a beard is pretty much discompared to him.
1: That's fair.
0: That's yeah, fair. That's fair. Say, that's he's fair. white and has a beard, so I guess from that perspective... Also talks know, a I lot agree.
1: of trash, which Landon loves doing. I obviously do Yeah, so Landon much. <laughs> is
2: such a smack talker, Jeez.
1: <laughs> Hunter
0: Dickinson, uh, who is normally well-endowed, did not play as such <laughs> in this game. was uh, a little soft. Had his... Worst game as a Jayhawk. He had 12 points, and it was 9 until he hit a 3 very late in the game to cut the lead a little bit before the Jayhawks inevitably lost. KU's Uh, last bucket. Yeah, 28 minutes, uh, 5 of 9 from the floor. He he did get into foul trouble really for the first time this year, getting his third early in the second half. And then he sat for 6 minutes uh, while, as Nick said earlier, UCF went from minus 7 to plus 4. He finished with 4 fouls. yeah, it was odd. Ryan also brought up the point uh, that he was sat for a little bit at the end of the second half. That went about Damn as it, well uh, at the end it, of the Bill. first half, excuse me, uh, which did not go well. Um, and then I, I think I'm just going to clear out here and, and let Ryan take, because I know he's very passionate about it. I don't think Hunter should have sat for nearly as long, especially when you saw it going south as quickly as it did. Uh, but I know Ryan's going to yell some words. So have
1: well, it. I could save us a hundred beats and just say, "Damn it, Bill!" There are my thoughts on that. Like, here's the thing, right? And we found out after the game that Hunter Dickinson is dealing with some sort of a knee bruise that it happened in practice and he was going to be on a little bit of a pitch count. That seems a little bit like a cop out because usually a guy who's on a pitch count doesn't play the pattern of minutes that Hunter Dickinson did, which is you sit him in the middle of the game and then, oh, crap, we need you. Go play the rest of the night. That felt a little it's weird. It's also not
0: like we've never seen Bill do exactly this. 12 exactly. 12 times before.
1: Yes, Bill Self screwed up with Hunter Dickinson. Was it the end of the world, and is it giving, God, could it end up being helpful down the line? Like, if they need to play without him, that they played a little bit without him here to get some experience under their belt, I don't know. But Bill Self sat him way too long. The last, the the chance that they had to really bury UCF came at the end of the first half where they went from up 16 to only up eight at halftime with Hunter Dickinson on the bench. If they make a couple more shots there and go into the locker room up 11 instead of six or up, up 11 instead of eight or up 13 instead of eight, I think the entire second half goes very differently, but they let UCF get just close enough where it was a very bad second half. Bill Self should have played Hunter Dickinson way more than he did when it comes to not sitting in for six minutes and watching that lead get as bad or get turn from a seven point lead to a four point hole that can't happen I always compare it a little bit and also I wrote it in the notes so I'm guilty of it three fouls early in the second half for a guy that averages a foul every 12 minutes is not foul trouble ESPN can post that graphic all they want that says foul trouble Hunter Dickinson has three with 15 minutes left that's not foul trouble Foul trouble is when you have either four fouls at any point or three fouls in the first half. Especially for guys that don't foul very often. The last thing that I really want to point out here is I think of this a little bit like a baseball game. For those of you who are baseball fans, let's say that you're a manager and you got just that kick-ass closing pitcher that's ready to go an old school manager used to always pitch that guy in the ninth inning regardless of score and lineup and anything. My attitude is if I got to win this game and it's the eighth inning and the best part of my opponent's order is coming up, I'm going to throw my best pitcher, even if he's the quote ninth inning guy, I'm going to throw him in that eighth inning against the best part of their lineup because I want to get to a point where I have a lead. Once I have a lead late, I'll figure out what I want to do with the thin but I'm not going to save my closer, my best guy, and hope I have a lead whenever, and hope I have a lead when it's time to put him back in. Bill Self should have played, if Hunter Dickinson really was on a pitch count, he should have been used so they could safely build that lead, and then he can sit at the end when you have the lead that you had the whole game, and he can sit down the stretch. But I think they waited too long, and then Self realized, oh crap, I got to get him back out there, and at that point, the momentum had swung, the zone was confusing, and it wasn't enough. Hunter Dickinson was also part of the reason the defense played poorly in the second half. He didn't do very much against the zone, and uh, the UCF center, uh, Diallo, did a really good job against them. made a couple tough shots, and, and put him on skates a couple times, which I know Nick's going to talk about. He's not a big fan of Hunter Dickinson's defense, and that didn't look great in this game. But, man, for everybody wanting to know about what happens when soft-ass Hunter Dickinson's not on the floor, I think you saw it. It's bad. Really, really bad.
0: Yeah, I agree. Nick, do you blame any or much of this loss on coaching?
1: Uh, I agree with Ryan.
2: I, I think that man, it's, the Bill Self, like we have talked about. I mean, we've done this show for ten years now, and I'd probably say nine out of the ten seasons we brought up that Bill Self probably set a guy on the bench too long um, when they he should have put them back in the game, or the you know for a while there was the two foul auto bench rule. You know the, the which Ryan always liked to point out. Uh, up in the uh, J- in the uh, um, Bruce Center between Allen Fieldhouse and the Bruce Center, uh, the rules you know the rules of the original ten rules of basketball. There's actually eleven, and one of them was that um, you cannot play a player with with more than two fouls and in, in uh, the first half or the start of the second half. Um, that that get, that might be might have been applied from Bill Self in this game, and and just like you said, Ryan, it, you guys like KJ Adams who are a little bit more foul prone, Parker Brown a little more foul prone, yeah, it makes sense. Uh, but Hunter Dickinson does not foul very much. Ryan's read the stats before, and it, and it just seems like in a game where you're losing momentum, you're up 16, and then all of a sudden that leads to dwindling. You've got to get your best player in the game. Um, so I do, I do think it was a little bit short-sighted. Uh, outside of that, I mean, I don't think Bill Self got coached or anything. I think it was just that. Oh, he did. I think he
1: did. A hundred percent The the other coach threw his own at him and he had no idea how to counter it. And then all the and stuff. I think it's fair to say he got out, outcoached.
2: Uh, he, he didn't know how to counter it or the players didn't know how to counter it.
1: I know Johnny Dawkins owns him. That's the Stanford game and this one. So that's two. But I mean, I, I think at least some of it, you have to say he got out, the The other coach made the best move of the game by miles. Fair point. It's kinda all that yes, you're right. Hunter Dickinson doesn't foul. He averages one foul every nineteen minutes. Hunter Dickinson could play two basketball games back to back, and statistically, he would not have five fouls if he had his average in those two games. I get it. You're you're gonna sit him with two fouls in three and a half minutes in the first half when you have a sixteen point lead. I kinda get that. I I wouldn't have taken him off the floor at all in the second half with the third foul. And it makes me wonder maybe the knee was a thing because Bill Self, normally, we've seen this maddening. We've seen him sit a guy for seven minutes to end the first half with two fouls. And then the guy will get number three like two seconds into the second half and he'll stay out there normally he doesn't pull people with three fouls early in the second half he did in this game and you know I'm sure there was a little bit of the knee injury and I'm sure there was a little bit of the well we got to get a little experience playing without him he probably thought a near double digit lead on the road at UCF was a pretty safe place for this team to learn without Hunter also I'm surprised Parker Brown didn't go in for Dickinson normally they go in for each other Self was trying to do a couple different things and playing without either of them on the floor Parker played pretty well whenever he was in the first half and then they tried him in the second half. It didn't work, but I was surprised it didn't happen more. Yeah, the coaching wasn't great, but, I mean, what are you going to do? Self wins him a lot more games than he loses them. Okay, Landon, tell me about Kevin McCuller. I feel like we don't really have a lot to analyze with his game, but I can definitely analyze how lousy his teammates were at getting him the basketball.
0: Yeah, because he was really good. Uh, he was the best player for Kansas. He had 16 points in 37 minutes, 5 of 10 from the floor, and he made three threes on five attempts, six rebounds and five assists as well. He did have five turnovers. Uh, he did have a corner three to pull him within one uh, near the end of the game. But he didn't touch the ball enough down the stretch. I think that is definitely accurate. Um, he's been fantastic all season. I mean, he's been incredible. He's taken the senior leap. Uh, and as is usually the case in these weird losses, there's usually at least one player that is definitively not the problem, and that definitely is Kevin McCuller.
1: Yep, yep. Nick, tell me about DeWan Harris, because I want to lump them together and make a point.
2: Yeah, uh, DeWan Harris... Uh, I have no idea why. I I am playing like DeJuan Harris right now looking in the notes. (laughs) DeJuan Harris had five points, eight assists, three turnovers in 37 minutes, two freight from the floor. Bad, bad, bad. He did have a lot of assists, though. He did some good things, like we said, and his defense was fine, as always, but this was one of the nights where Kansas was feeling the effects of having their point guard play 37 minutes, dribble the ball around, and only make two
1: shots. Yep, that's the problem right there with Kansas. They have two guards that darn near play and, and that, that, that play what one of them darn near plays the whole game. One of them is a McDonald's All-American. 40% of their starters, well, not anymore, but 40% of their main guards don't even look to shoot. They don't want to shoot. They don't want to score. And you got two dynamite scorers and KJ is kind of in between, right? He, he puts up numbers, but he's not really a go-to scorer at this stage in his career, despite a, a nice last couple weeks. But when you have Harris and Jackson out there, you can't play them together, and I think they're starting to figure that out, at least not on a night wherever the offense is hard to come by. Dewan Harris has turned the ball over a lot more this year. Bill Self said that he's taking more chances, he's being more aggressive. I tend to believe that's true. But Dewan Harris's job is pretty simple get the ball to one of your three guys that can fill it up in a hurry that's his job all the dribbling around and setting stuff up just throw hunter the ball and let him do his little hook shot he makes more than half of them that's much better against the zone than whatever they did in this game landon i'm sure you kind of feel the same way dewan harris isn't scoring enough and whenever he's two for eight from the floor you can almost... There's a reason when he scores 10 points, they always win. Because when he doesn't score 10 points, it's usually two for eight, and we're looking at it thinking, man, it'd be killer if they could have five more points from one of these guys.
0: Yeah, um, I, I do think he was all right, certainly. Um, but yeah, that's just kind of who Dewan is at this point. He just... He, he is a great passer. He's a great floor general kind of guy. Um, but his weakness especially shows... Uh, on a team like this that doesn't have a lot of great shooters, or not a lot, any, doesn't have any great shooters, uh, and it has two great scores. and KJ is a guy he gets a lot of assists with because KJ is a great catch-the-ball-and-dunk-it-very-very-hard kind of player. But yeah, it's a team that really, genuinely only has two guys that can create a bucket, uh, create their own bucket in a half-court set, uh, and dewan harris i think is arguably your third best creator and i think either that's a huge indictment on the team because i don't think the way that he normally plays is good enough for most teams like this to win if he's your third best guy uh or he just has to look to score more and i think that's what you i mean you got to try it you have to try it uh because i, I don't think and again i don't want to flip out over this loss it's the second game of conference play in a, in a tough environment ucf's not great but like you know sometimes weird stuff happens but I do think overall, this team needs him to score a lot more than he is. Uh, more than five a night, for sure. And even if that means his assists go down by a couple, you take that. Because it's more important for him to have 10, 11 points a game than it is eight assists.
1: Way more. Way more. And the turnovers, I mean, geez. So they've played three teams that are in the top 20 in turnovers forced. Can you guess those three teams? Uh, say, say that stat again. They have played three teams that are in the top 20 in turnovers forced rate. Can you guess those three teams? TCU, Marquette, and this? Yep. Ding, ding, ding. Three in a row. 18 more in this game, making 35 in two conference games. By the way, Houston and Iowa State are first and second in turnovers forced. So they're Uh, going to... They're going to have to figure this out in a hurry. But that's the problem, right? Before we started this podcast, we're talking about what the Chiefs need to do to win. Not turn it over, and they'll win. Same here. Don't turn it over, and they shot 63% the first half. They shot over 50 in the game. Like, it's the turnovers, and zones aren't supposed to force turnovers. Zones are supposed to make you take bad shots. Zones are not turnover forcers, and Kansas just looked like, Oh my gosh, we had, uh, Margo Jackson is becoming the master at the ball is thrown to you on the sideline and you don't try to catch it whenever it goes out of bounds.
2: It's like that, it's like that meme or the gif of the little girl when the ball's coming towards her and it just like flies into her
1: <laughs> in the face. A very Chiefs wide receiver gif, if you will. Uh, and, I mean, geez, then, of course, you know, I'm not going to play the white guy music because he's not white, but we did predict that 26% three-point shooter Jalen Sellers was a good bet to go four for seven on the last show, and that's exactly what he did. Don't tell me yeah, we can't I mean, handicap. I could have seen that coming? That's always happens. UCF didn't make a lot of threes. They made seven of them. It felt like a lot more. Uh, well, they okay. all were huge.
0: <laughs> yeah, they, were they, so they
1: really were. Like, yeah. I mean what a game of runs Kansas starts down seven zip and then it's 35 to 12. Kansas lost a game where they had a 35 to 12 run
0: yeah early in the game at that like for almost a, a half Kansas has a game like that early they just bury them and it's it, they just pack it up and go home but if uh, they you kind of in the wrong sense
1: if you start that game with Kansas up 16 with 24 minutes left and you play that game a hundred times, how many does Kansas lose?
0: <laughs> not many. Like not
1: three? Many yeah. Like there's two like this, and there's one where someone gets hurt.
0: Just doesn't Nick, happen. Do you float the idea at all? We're going to talk about Johnny Furphy here in a second. And I'm Marco Jackson. Uh, do you Ugh. float the idea at all that Johnny Furphy should get a look to start over El Marco? I d- Did you I read do.
1: Twitter today, Landon? No, I didn't. Thank well, you. Well, guess who's starting tomorrow, according to his coach. El Marco oh, Jackson. <laughs> Not El Marco Jackson. They're gonna start Furby against OU. They said. Are that. they? Yeah. Are they? Okay, I missed. Yeah, I know. I definitely missed that. Yeah, I'm, so I'm s- off
0: Twitter, but there you, well, there go. you go. Yeah, the answer do is you think yes. That's a good move. Then, do you think that's a good move? I do. I do.
1: Yes, that's it. Had
0: uh, to I, happen. I, yeah, I think it does because I I, I do think that El Marco is. Well, again, he has a high ceiling. He is not there right now, and especially not there as a scorer. So at least Furphy is a change of pace guy that can score at least
1: at a more proven rate than Jackson and can at least make all three a game. Furphy provided an immediate spark in this game off the bench. self bench Jackson less than two minutes into the night. Furphy goes out there and scores seven in the first half, nine in the game, four for eight from the floor, but he curiously was played less than El Marco Jackson despite being at way end better. At the the game. Yes. Yes. And we just watched Self play Furphy down the stretch of the TCU game. See, that's what makes me think he's kind of experimenting a little bit. Self didn't put a lot. We normally see Self go all out to win every game and then we say at the end of the year oh, if they had only played their other lineups earlier in the season, maybe they'd have figured something out. I think that's kind of what he's doing here because he's trying Jackson late here and it just didn't work. Jackson was shut out for the second game in a row. He scored as many big 12 points as Landon in his career. Not attempting a shot and finishing with three assists and two turnovers but he played 22 minutes to furphy 17 and it is more than it's not like when dewan harris doesn't score and you can count on seven assists and a few rebounds el marco jackson did nothing in this game nothing does he does he know he's out there great defensively does he know he can shoot so confused it's weird. He's like,
0: not a very good shooter, though.
1: I have heard a lot of KU fans, when a bad player in their eyes is playing, they say, it's like playing four on five. It really is, though, with Margo Jackson. He doesn't do anything.
0: Yeah, he was extremely quiet in this game.
1: Um, and bad on I defense, which he hasn't been bad on defense more often than not this year. And it was terrible in this game.
0: Yeah, he, he, he didn't really do anything. I mean, he literally didn't take a shot. I think he did have, like, three assists, which, he, yeah, you did say. He did have three assists. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just not a lot there. Like, not anything there, which is strange, again, because I, I do think I'm getting almost – this is a weird comp in a sense, but I'm getting a little – Nick has brought this point up. I'm getting a little bit of uh, Quentin Grimes vibes. Um And I say Nick has brought this up because Nick has talked about how he's a real – he should be a true point guard, not a two guard. He's not playing uh, his correct position necessarily, and that's what Quentin Grimes did. Uh, Grimes was better at the two guard than Jackson. Great comp. He was a little more suited for it, but I think the same problem that Jackson – if he plays the true one, I think he's kind of DeWan Harrisy. Maybe he's not scoring a ton, but he's getting you a lot of assists. He's very smart. He can make plays. He's a good passer, uh, and you don't worry about it as much because you know you have pieces around him that can fill it up. Uh, but he's expected to be a guy that can score some. And when he just doesn't at all
1: or even take a shot, uh, you can't have that from your two guard. You just can't. Furphy and Jackson got to combine for about fifteen. They 15 from those two gets KU to slam dunk top three team in the country. They got to have at least 10. Furphy's done his part the last couple of weeks. It's felt like Jackson since Wichita state hasn't, we had back-to-back games where we saw one of these guys have a breakout performance, Timberlake against Yale and then Jackson against Wichita state. And we thought, Oh, they're on their way. I thought Jackson was going to hit the ground running in conference play. And he hadn't scored yet. Like, Yeah, it's been... Eventually, I think they will get it going. I love the move to switch them. Furphy looks more comfortable early in the game, seemingly every time he's put in there. Now he gets the start. He gives you a better chance to make a three early on. He gives you a better chance to get to the free throw line early on. Whereas Jackson can now come off the bench, maybe in relief, of Dewan Harris, and play some of those point guard minutes. He can be more of that spark plug player. Usually Bill Self sixth men are your defense first, your energy first kind of guys. They're not going to be pointing at him saying, Go on the be- go, go, El Marco. We need a basket. They're going to be able to go to him to fill in for at that point a handful of positions. But I hope we get to see him make it so Harris doesn't play 37 minutes a night cuz they're better with him as as a point guard than they are with him as a two guard. I would love to see a Jackson Furphy uh one two with the big 3 around them and just see what that looks like. We saw most of the uh the first half comeback against TCU late in that first half whenever they made a push, we saw that come with Jackson as the point. So Definitely would like to see it. I'd like the move to start. Wouldn't be surprised if Jackson finds his groove and goes back in the starting lineup in a few weeks, but love it for now. Okay, Nick, put a bow on this. Tell me about everybody else, unless we have any analysis about these guys. It just feels like guys that really we don't have a lot to say about.
2: Yeah, it's pretty much like, you know, when you like spill something in the kitchen and you've got to like get the broom and the, just sweep everything up. This is like Cleaning up the notes here, it's just like, all right, let's sweep out the rest of some of the trash. KJ Adams was not trash, <laughs> let's be honest. He had 10.7 rebounds for a solid performance of 38 he's minutes, right. 5 for 7 from the floor, and probably should have gotten the ball more in the second half. He's, he's great yes. as usual. If one thing's been consistent this year, it's KJ Adams, his emergence. Nick Timberlake uh, scored 5 points in 10 minutes and almost got into a big fight. Uh, I, I wouldn't say that, Ryan. I mean, he, he was grabbing for the ball.
1: I, I uh, but that yeah, was really he, he didn't act. He, he almost had to take on the whole student section, it looked like. He didn't look like he, but he didn't back down. Oh, I, wow. I, I, a bunch of
2: 130 pound white boys from Orlando, Florida.
1: That's yeah. going to be real tough. <laughs> uh, I feel slandered Parker,
2: Speaking of 130 pound white boys, uh, Parker Brown also made a three, <laughs> <laughs> nine minutes. Jamari McDowell got two minutes and did nothing. That sounds like yeah. uh, me in middle school basketball.
1: This really wasn't a Jamari McDowell game. The defense was fine. They needed offense, even though we saw it work against Tennessee. I don't know. Bill doesn't like playing. I, I like the idea that McDowell would have at least taken a shot, though. Yeah, and consider well, Landon. They, they made a lot of shots in the second half. They didn't need Jamari McDowell. Yeah, offense. you're right. Yeah, that was a track meet. KJ Adams. Uh, so I was at a game against uh, Washington. A game they lost. <laughs> Um, a few years ago, and they just stuck LeGerald Vick in the middle of a zone, and he scored 28 points. I have no idea why they didn't try that with KJ Adams. Like, at what point are they like, hey, yeah, that, quick- that
0: push floater is
1: like yes! custom built for that kind of role. Why not? I, I, you know what? One game, I want to push. Damn my, it, Bill! Over and over, I want to push. Bill Self has his head up his ass so much. I want to push. Coach Bill Self. You stubborn ass. But I will refrain for a couple more shows because I'm feeling 2021 and 2019. Ryan, come back, and I'm just so angry at that we had we had everything. We had the we had the the, the benching with th- three fouls when the guy went in foul trouble, and we had the weird. Like, it was the it was the Bill Self classic, and they lost in Orlando. Uh, I don't get it. Whatever, flush it, maybe. And until they lose a second time, flush it. 51% from the floor, 33% from the uh, three-point line, 55% at the line. That didn't help. Anytime KU loses a close stinker as a road favorite, you can always count on them shooting a nice 50-some percent at the line with all the front ends of one-on-ones they missed. They were plus four on the glass, uh, which isn't enough for UCF. Uh, they should have been more than that. Closing thoughts on that one. I feel like we did a pretty good job. It's, a, it's not a great loss, but... And I, I don't I'm not a, a fan of the how some people are saying That's what they needed. That's going to fire them up. I don't think any loss is a good loss. Uh, I don't know if we'd feel a ton better about them had they ended up squeaking this out and won by three. I think that they're... We talked about how if they want to win the Big 12, they can't afford very many losses in the first half. I think they're going to win six of their next seven games looking at the schedule. I'd be surprised if they don't get on a hot streak because if they can't, by the way, if they can't win like five, at least five of their next seven against the schedule they're playing in January, you don't want to know what's going to happen in February but it's Bill Self. I have confidence they'll figure it out and be fine. Those are my closing thoughts. What are yours?
0: Yeah, not a great game, certainly. Credit to UCF. That building was was pretty raucous, for, especially against expectations. Uh, hey, you got your first Big 12 win. You got it against the best program in the history of the conference. Maybe the best program in the history of college basketball. Um, they did not so, beat Kentucky, sir.
1: I will not take that John Calipari uh, slammer. True. The
0: winningest, the winningest program. Yep. Uh, yeah, that's Crap. Anyway, good job, UCF. Have a night. Have a party. I'm sure you did. Um, Kansas did not look good though, but I'm not going to freak out about it. Nick.
2: Yeah, the, I I think this game, like I'm alluded to earlier, just kind of just ex, uh, uh, further uh, exposed Kansas issues that you uh, know they've escaped with some close wins. The 2C one is a good example of that theoretically it could be zero and two to start conference play now granted if they would have lost yeah. the PCU game i absolutely don't think they would have lost the ucf game but it makes you think they they're not up to a good start in conference play we'll see if they can turn the bus around uh, against the the schooner schooners tomorrow but but we'll, we'll we'll see
1: very good point on that by the way i've seen a lot of people say oh they should be zero and two yes i guess if you want to say that but i'm with you i think it's a, I think that when, I'd like to think Wednesday night goes a little differently if they had beat TCU. just Or if they had lost TCU just because, what, Bill Self's lost back-to-back conference games, what, like four times in 20 years? I don't know. Whatever. You know what I found on the board here that I haven't seen in forever? Uh, Nick barking like a dog. Before I push this, do you guys remember this? Yes. I do. I, yeah, we were doing do. recaps
2: of games. I think it was Gonzaga or something. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I do not have any memory of that, but Kansas got dog walked, so I guess it I guess it worked. All right. Well, there's a recap. Oh no. Show number 2 of Big 12 games and I'm looking at the standings and they are already all one big What a mess, including Hilton Magic, Iowa State 57 Number two, Houston. You know what? I'm going to get some laughs in. I don't care. I just recapped Kansas. 53. (laughs) There it goes. Landon, Ken Palm's best team of all time, bites the dust in Ames. Yeah, Hilton Magic claims another
0: victim as the Cyclones scored the first 14 uh, 14 points of the game and closed on a 7-2 run after Houston took their only lead with three minutes left. Surefire future white guy of the game, Milan Mom Silovich hit a turnaround fadeaway from the corner to give Iowa State the lead for good with a minute to go. Did you see that shot? I did not. I missed it.
1: It was an impossible shot. Basically, from the baseline right in front of the three point line, caught it, spun around, and just hoisted it over a guy that was taller than him. I have no idea how it went in the basket. I can't believe he didn't save it for Kansas. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, well, don't worry. He's just warming up. He's got something even oh, yeah. crazier.
1: The, the three coming against Kansas, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, Houston's record definitely seems to be a farce. Uh, but, you know, as we covered, KU also lost to a former AAC team. So <laughs> not a ton of room to talk here at the moment. Uh, but
1: Houston, yeah, not as good as 14 and one. There were seven Big 12 teams that won and so did Houston fans because they dunked on Rock Chalk Blog pretty hard, deservedly so, for so all the crap that I was talking. And uh, Yeah, but I mean, Houston, very good. They actually stayed at number one in all the, the metrics. Their offensive efficiency actually went up a little bit or maybe it was their defensive efficiency, whatever. Uh, their metrics got better as a result of this game somehow I and Joe Linardi moved them up to the second overall one seed, and Kansas went down to the second two seed as a result of their games. I've given up trying to figure it out. I think Houston's going to lose plenty. Iowa State is kind of what I always talk about K-State being. Good at home, not very good on the road. I think I'd be surprised if Iowa State won double-digit league games, but this was a nice win. Uh, Number 14, Baylor, 81. Number 18, Mormons, 72. Nick, tell me about, I know you're a fan of BYU, some of their athletics, but their basketball team, pretty disappointing through two games.
2: Yeah, Jalen Bridges put up 25 points for the Baptist as Baylor is one of the three undefeated teams through two games, of Big 12 play. They outscored the Mormons 48-33 to 33 in the second <laughs> half. Uh, what do we think of the new arena? I think it looks weird. The, the, certainly the camera angle on the broadcast is awful.
0: Oh, my gosh. It's like That's the a Iba yes yeah. and uh, uh, also, the arena itself i think looks really cool
1: correct and i and i am not am as much of a hater as a lot of you guys are about how it's small i like the smaller it looks arenas intimate that, yes it's more intimate but and you I, don't see i the fair i center. don't
2: like that they don't have a center hung scoreboard i think that's what makes an arena an arena like it, they have one on the side and it looks it looks dumb it looks like it, also, it looks like a shed that they play basketball in
1: Correct, yeah, it looks weird from the outside. And also, oh my goodness, if I have a beef to pick about how they have those stupid jackass donors' names on the floor. Uh, you've yeah. got to be kidding me. It literally Capitalism said, has reached it this point. It literally
2: says uh, Dean Sue
1: Court or, or Floor or something on the court. Mark and Paula something. I don't remember their last name. You know why I don't remember their last name? Because triple, double, and everything in between mega colossal them and their stupid donation to the University of Baylor. I don't want to see your donor's name on your court. It says Coach K Court at Cameron. It says James Naismith Court at Allen Fieldhouse. And you know what it says at Baylor? It says, "Mark and Paula Heard Court
2: <laughs> Floor." It's Mark and Paula Heard Floor. It's even worse. Awful,
1: freaking terrible. They Baylor deserves to go zero and eighteen for that, but they did. They did win. Uh, Nick, I think that BYU could go zero and eighteen and still be ranked in the net ahead of Kansas, though.
2: Yeah, I mean, I oh, mean,
0: yeah.
1: The net. KU's what, like 48th on the net, probably now after they lost to (laughs) (laughs)
0: UCF?
1: BYU has gone from 2 to 3 to 4 after losing their first two Big 12 games in the net. They got their first taste of Big 12 officiating by being called for 23 fouls. And then what else than the refs? What are they going to do besides call BYU's coach on a technical foul that basically sealed the night for the for the Cougars with a minute left? What oh, we, else we are they going to do? we
0: to take a quick timeout here for uh, Furkin Corkmaz. It's Furkin Corkmaz appreciation. He's checked in for the Philadelphia uh, 76ers. Whenever Furkin shows up, we gotta just
1: we got to pour one out for Furkin because that's the best name in all sports. I, I think that the – what's the uh, – What's the Cincinnati point guard's name? Jizzle James? Jizzle, is that it?
0: Jizzle James. That's up there. That's one of the best. Oh, Ed my gosh. So the Mar- Mark and yeah. Paula
2: Hurd. Uh, sadly, Mark Hurd passed, but his oh. ex-wife I is I don't care. Bill screw Gates him. Now. Oh, <laughs> no.
1: wow. Ryan's wrong no. then. Uh, <laughs> screw them both She's and screw Bill their Gates. donation to Baylor. He yeah, was at the yeah. Baylor game. Really? Really? That's hilarious. I know Commissioner Yormark was there, or Yormark was there, and the ESPN Plus announcers. Um, I'm not saying that they wanted to get up all in his business, but they absolutely wanted to get all up in his business. Because they were like, "Thank you so much, Commissioner Mr. Yormark, for joining us on this this lo- lovely ESPN Plus broadcast." Uh, I'm like, you know what? I just am. I'm just gonna watch the basketballing. As yes, then Nick has pictures of Bill Gates at Baylor's uh, at Baylor's court, looking. A li- and it's you know, it's uh, Baylor's colors are green and yellow, so he probably the lizard himself felt comfortable in his own uh, skin there, right? Isn't anybody, anybody, hey, number yeah. twenty-five, number twenty-five. I can't believe they're still ranked Longhorn Network. Uh, Nick deleted the picture, so i got to scroll back up. 74! Cincinnati, disgusting, chili. yeah, it is. 73. What a heartbreaker for the Bearcats. They deserve it with a stupid name like Bearcats. Dylan DeSue scored 33 points, but it was Max Abemus who was the hero for the Longhorns. He had a game winner that probably came after a travel that the refs missed with five seconds left to help the Longhorns escape and 0-2 start. How good are the Longhorns? uh seemingly extremely mid yeah they're they're fine i don't need them ranked tcu's better than texas at least that's my two cents uh welcome to the big 12 cincinnati you get a bounce back from a heartbreaker with this schedule tcu and oklahoma with at baylor and at kansas on the bookends of that four game stretch good luck
0: yeah that's staring Uh, They'll win one i think
1: they'll win one of those yeah and then they'll be two and five and that's, yep. that's, that's not great. Or two and four, I, whatever, whatever all that math is. I, they're, they're going to win like five league games. Um, e bitches. 81. <laughs> Nick has deemed West Virginia, the toothless coal miners. 67. Uh, Landon, how is about, uh, Kansas is not the best basketball team in this state. Am I right?
0: Not by record. Uh, the Wildcats are two and zero with a point differential of plus thirty nine, but they've probably played the worst two teams in the Big Twelve Conference to get there. has uh, played dude. none of the same opponents as K State. Oh uh, wait, they uh, haven't I'm played any of the worst. Point.
2: KU has KU has played damn, the worst teams damn, in the conference.
0: Uh, Cam Carter led the way with twenty three points. Uh, Will West Virginia finish last in the Big Twelve?
1: I mean, God, if they awful. don't if they don't, KU you should get a one season ban because like <laughs> man, i yeah. hope so. UCF I,
2: goes 1 and 15.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and someone on Twitter said we are about 6 years away from seeing a stat about how Bill Self is 9 and 1 against UCF and we'll be like, "I can't believe they lost that one game." And i think that's that's correct. Yeah, um, I think so but yeah, it's uh yes. West Virginia seems pretty clearly like the worst team in the Big 12. Mark Adams, who's not there anymore, but we can still laugh at him. Texas Tech, 90. How is Mike Boynton not fired? 73. Agreed. Nick, tell me about how Mike Boynton is still not fired.
2: The Raiders that are red got 24 points from Pop Isaacs, which sounds like a guy Joe Biden met in high school. Uh, a total of 83 <laughs> from their starting five. Oklahoma and State with is... And Pop
0: Isaacs' uh, legal record, he might be. Oh.
2: Uh... <laughs> Oklahoma State is helpless, Allegedly. so is Joe Biden. Uh, do we care about this oh, game at all?
1: Oh, no. I don't know if we can start falling no- <laughs> I don't know. That, that feels like our timeout uh, drop here in the future. I don't know if we can start saying that, but we're all kind of helpless if you think about Am it. Am I you know, wrong? Uh, no. I, mean, I don't think anybody's good. Gonna... Uh, well. Nope. Uh, do we care about this game? Answer, no. Not at all. TCU, who the Big 12 hates, the refs hate them. 80, number nine, Oklahoma 71. Uh, Landon, I'll have you read this one because I want to get some drops around. Uh, okay, we, uh, we, uh, that'll we, make it we easy co- to read. We all got this correctly.
0: Yeah, 27 points from Emmanuel Miller as TCU bounces back from their narrow loss to Kansas. Both the Sooners and Jayhawks will enter Sunday, or Saturday's top 10 showdown, uh, looking to avoid consecutive Ls. Uh, also, remember Travion Tennyson, and the guy that absolutely, like, bombed Kansas out of existence? Well, he was 0
1: for 8 uh, and 0 for 5 <laughs> from 3. Unreal. It's amazing how this happens all the time. Like, and you know what? The, uh, I can already hear that here. Those are the keyboard warriors typing, and I quote, Well, Oklahoma actually defended him, and Kansas didn't, and it's every time against us, you whine about this, but we never defend the 3. I can hear oh, them oh, now.
0: Nick, do you hear that off in the distance? That's that's Jalen Sellers going one for 12 <laughs> in the next three games from three. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah.
1: Don't yep. see Who's going to be the guy tomorrow? Big 12 standings. Baylor, Kansas State, and Texas Tech, just as we all expected, are the three unbeaten teams at 2-0. and Fourth place is most of the conference. Kansas, mm-hmm. OU,
0: Cincinnati, Houston, TCU, UCF, Iowa State, and Texas have all split in, their first two league games in
2: twelfth place? Uh, BYU, Oklahoma State, West Virginia. The only uh, redeeming quality out of that list is that BYU has attractive girls.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the. Uh, I think I think I'm gonna do what Nick did last time. Uh, BYU and Oklahoma State are tied for twelfth. West Virginia, despite having the same record, is is last. They're they're so, so awful. And, and Nick's just, Nick is just entering the and oh no, oh no. Oh no. Nick was just hitting the enter button many times to provide that space, and now he's filling some of the space with El Marco Jackson being worse than Oklahoma State, but better than West Virginia. Oh boy, now, now there's a oh lot no. of stuff that I, I definitely can't read this now. Nick is a little unhinged. Here, here, here's my uh, here's my timeout again. <laughs>
0: Hunt, Hunter Dickinson's uh, well endowedness, uh, yeah, is better than West Virginia,
1: which is true. That is true. Unlike all of us that watched their last game. All right, other games. All hail Nebraska ball. It's taken the the Cornhuskers a little longer to get going than we thought it would under Fred Hoiberg. But, wow, he's got them steaming towards maybe an at-large berth at this point. Uh, they took down number one Purdue in Lincoln, 88-72. Wow, 88 against that defense is pretty impressive. They made 14 threes against one of the best defenses in the country. Three bench players combined for 30 points and five threes for the Huskers in this game. Wouldn't that be nice?
0: Nah, they can win a title with no bench production.
1: It's fine. Ugh. Hey, they got Nick uh, Timberlake.
0: The only top five team that escaped this week without a loss was number four, UConn. They needed a late push to close out a 7-8 and eight Xavier team on the road. The final score was 80-75. The Huskies should be all set to move up to number one in next week's poll. They're 4-1 in the Big East and sit atop the conference with Seton Hall and Rick Pitino's St. John's.
2: Continuing to ride the struggle bus is number 11, Marquette, who is now 2-3 and three in conference play and already has five losses on the season. One of them was not, was not against Kansas, though. Uh, this week they had a terrible second <laughs> half in Lost at Home uh, 69 to 62 to Butler. You can play the the, the barking bit again.
1: Oh yeah, I can. <laughs> that's uh, that's Butler just eating Marquette alive in the second half and Shaka. That's pretty funny. Oh boy. Wow, look the stars all aligned for me to read about these freaking frauds. For the first time since 2011. That's unbelievable. Landon and Nick were 3, I think. And after 26 straight losses, Santa Clara beat number 23 Gonzaga 77 to 76. Landon, here's an addition to your name group or your all time name team with a game winner. <laughs>
0: oh,
1: my gosh. Oh, no. Oh, no, my gosh. That's so that bad. got me. I was going to read it, too. The, the game winner was by Adama Alpha Ball in the final four seconds. Oh, I I just can't look. (laughs) Thank you, Nick. I I never would have guessed. All set to end is Gonzaga's insane run of 143 weeks in a row, ranked in the top 25 of the AP poll. I don't even know if they're a tournament team right now, if they don't win the conference. They're out of most bracketology sites. They're legitimately poor. Yeah, they're not very good. But they're probably still going to win that league, because somebody has to, and who do you trust more?
0: Oh, Mary. Maybe. Not really, though.
1: There he is, Nick. Just Nick's theory was correct. He posted a picture of the guy that just made the game winner, and uh, yeah, he owns Gonzaga now. Maybe he looked right at Mark Few after the game ends and went like this woof, 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 woof. after making the game winner.
2: That's that's how Mark Few Should looked at the police officer when he got pulled over for DUI. I'm
1: <laughs> uh, so. We almost didn't have Nick tonight. He was like, "I might not be on the show." I'm so glad that we got it because this is this yeah. is one of Nick's best top five shows Nick there. show all time. <laughs> this is with, with a second seven. half still to go.
2: Number seven, North Carolina, impressively won at North Carolina State by 13 to reach 4-0 in ACC play. They're The lone unbeaten team in the conference right behind them is number 11, Duke, who obliterated Pitt on the road. Uh, completely falling apart is number 21, Clemson, who has lost three in a row after falling to Virginia Tech.
1: Every time I write about the ACC, and I'm like, man, that is so boring, and then I do it again in the next show, like, what a boring league. I think North Carolina's good, and Duke should be better than they are, but that the rest of that league just sucks.
0: Yeah, it used not to be that way. I feel like ACC used to be known to be a, a really deep league, but uh, since Louisville has decided to just suck out loud for years on end now, uh, it's not so much. And speaking of. Not uh, anymore.
1: Despite... Kenny Payne said, you shove that. Because guess what he did this week.
0: He won. A road game at that. Well, your... uh, Louisville, barely in the top 200 on Ken Palm. They went into Miami. Uh, and they put up a plus 13 in the second half to win eighty seventy one. 71 Kenny Payne's first road win ever. The Hurricanes should get swept away in a literal hurricane as punishment for this loss. That's really bad. And on top of that, not only did Louisville win, but Cal won as well to truly cap the most insane week of basketball of all time. Uh, the Golden Bears put Coach Primes, Colorado, not really basketball team, uh, they beat Colorado by four at home. Jalen Tyson, who is averaging 20 a night uh, and could be here if it wasn't for Ontario Morris, led them. To a win, yeah, I would take twenty a night from another guard.
1: Yeah, yeah, that'd be Spe- really nice. Speaking
2: of speaking of chaos in the Pac-12, UCLA lost to Utah ninety to forty-four, including a fifty-seven to twenty-one second half margin. Goodness it is the second worst loss in program history, and they needed to end it end the game on a five to two run to avoid it from being the worst. The Bruins are six and ten now. And uh, six and ten is actually two feet taller than Mick Cronin, uh, and now have won one game since December started.
1: So yeah, UCLA is, sec- is the second best win Gonzaga has this year. By the way, like in case you want to know how good that oh, resume is, uh, yeah, they are horrible. When did this happen? They they've been an at large team the last few years.
0: Yeah, they, they've they not, this is really, really bad for UCLA.
1: What was, so last year they lost to Gonzaga. They were a two seed last year because they were with Kansas. The year before that, they were, a, they were preseason one. And the year before that they were in the, they were in the final four. Like this is just a no, they have a good coach too.
0: Yeah. This is a bottom falling out kind of year.
1: The SEC also featured a top-five upset as Mississippi State down number 5 Tennessee 77-72 despite the Vols scoring 50 points in the second half. Looking like the favorite in the league is number 6 Kentucky, who hung 90 on Mizzou and is 2-0 to start SEC play. I'll read this one, I guess, because you guys have to answer. Guess who the best team in the Big Ten is? They are ranked 15th. They just won at Ohio State. They're 4-0 in conference play, and they have a two-game lead over Purdue. Guess who that is? minnesota <laughs> oh but i don't minnesota. have that Minnesota. <laughs> speaking of joe biden sir yes i do have that somewhere on here it is not minnesota though you have two more guesses it is not um uh-huh. minnesota! <laughs> uh, top 15
0: man. who's ranked 15 Amazing. Is, is, is it Wisconsin? Uh, there you go. It is the Wisconsin, Wisconsin
1: yeah. Badgers who are the best team, and they can score this year. Like it's it's kind of wild. That's going to be the four seed that beats one seed, maybe Kansas, and the. Uh, Eventually, it's got to happen, right? Creighton and Creighton had their shot. They yep. couldn't. They got
0: close. Didn't get it. Wisconsin's the next team that has to get there, right?
1: Still feels like Xavier is lurking in the woods at some point. That's gonna. Mm, that's gonna happen. Too, yeah. Also, this is not relevant, but Mississippi Valley State is. 0 oh, and 15. Are they last in Ken Palm? I uh, yep. I think they're third last in Ken Palm. No, they're last. They're last. Oh, they are last. Okay, so they okay, have I the, say they have the third rank strength of schedule. So that's kind of sucky. As Kelvin Sampson and Scott Drew elbow each other out of the way to try to become the first uh, to get them <laughs> on the schedule first ridiculous what a segment this is gonna be Ranked teams to lose since the last show that just go in order just okay. pull their rank okay okay rules
2: here you cannot um, say the team's first this cannot say the school geez, name you gotta use a different this name idea. this is
1: a horrible horrible
0: uh, uh number one black trains lost to uh, <laughs> uh, uh uh the corn eaters take that for what it's worth
2: Number two, this guy is a uh, definitely not a cheater or anything. I'm not talking about Kansas either. Uh, <laughs> I was. And they lost to. Uh, uh, cor, uh, another also, corn state. Corn,
1: I was going to say, you can do corn back to back here. Um, number three. Damn it, Bill. Lost to. <laughs> okay. Number three. Damn the it, most Bill.
2: overrated city in America.
1: I was going to say they lost to. Ass. But that works too. Um, uh, number five.
0: Uh, Coonskin cap wearing guys lost to uh, Hale State.
2: Rocky Top, uh, and then number nine. Uh, remember, remember when Okla. Remember when that uh, 109 to 106 game happened on our house. It's that team, uh, <laughs> and then they lost to uh, the team that got screwed by the refs last Saturday by a, a, a team that we support.
1: Number eleven, Shaka sucks. Ass. Lost to who else then? <laughs> <laughs> <There you> go. <laughs> good call. Uh, uh, number
0: seventeen.
1: We only five, have no, twenty uh, ask RCBs, by the way, guys.
0: Uh, 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 number seventeen, uh, Weed State lost to um, state. Um, Racism State. There's
1: like twenty. Oh no, there's twenty. <laughs> Idaho.
2: Out of all of them, you took Idaho for that. Uh number 18 uh at least the girls are cute. Uh lost to sure uh has
0: like active KKK members like no. in the northern regions. Oh, really? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, we'll they, ending this the, segment. The, number the
1: 21 fl- Clemson lost to Virginia Tech <laughs> and number 23 <laughs> for the last time I'm going to read them on this list. Number 23 Gonzaga lost to Santa yeah, Clara. We can't, we can't let BYU Baylor be anything. No, that would be very bad, just like all of our pick 'em records. Uh, Landon, you went 0 and 5 in non Big 12 games this week. I don't know how that's possible. Wow. Because <laughs> you picked Tennessee, you picked Purdue, you picked Gonzaga, you picked uh, who else was in there? Who else did we pick Houston, this week? Houston, I think. Yeah. Uh, no, that was non Big 12 no, not, games. No, yeah, that was a Big 12 game. I don't know who else was there, but if, if you got it wrong, whoever it was, and and uh, nice, I, it's very poor. Okay, now um, that's your air horn today. Ask RCB. So many questions today. We need to fly through this. At King KingRCDD, uh, they will be seeing more zone going forward. Okay, yeah, there's a lot of zone questions here. Uh, basically, that question is, other than KJ running baseline or bombing threes, how do you break it? There's also Evan at at Evan Numbers. How would you beat a 3-2 zone? The answer, in my opinion, is put KJ at the high post and stick your best shooters in the corner. Yes, that would be awesome. A uh, couple questions here about the... Uh, about the three points uh, are about how to beat a zone. What do you guys think? Um, uh, I, I think playing Johnny Furphy some more is good. I think playing
0: your shooters more is good in general. Uh, I, I agree, Ryan, that I think your are Nick, or not Nick Timberlake, but uh, KJ Adams' uh, idea of just letting him work the middle of that zone uh, and just kind of go um, like short corner to short corner or uh, block to block and kind of work that zone, I think is what you're hoping for. Uh, I think a lot of that would be good. Maybe practice against zone.
1: Nick at Jayhawk in Tennessee. Uh, The style of play absent unconscious threes of UCF's defense reminded me a little of Marquette. Could this be a matchup problem when Kansas faces defenses that are long and athletic?
2: Uh, Potentially, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that there's a lot of similarities there. Both of those teams featured a 6'10 or taller athletic center that could get Hunter out away from the basket and put him on skates a little bit. We saw uh, Marquette use that to a brilliant strategy, and uh, UCF wore down Kansas with that. They also made just enough shots from the outside and played solid defense around it. I mean, the, the thing that I think about, Hunter Dickinson was not the best big in two games Kansas has played this year, and those were the two losses, right? He won the best center against Marquette, and he won the best center in the game against UCF. And those are your L's. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, at Elliot Roost and H, while they did lose, there are some positives to take from this game. Furphy coming to his own. This was a fluke. Random question. If you had, I like, I like when Elliot gives some analysis and then gives a question. Here's the question: If you had to pick a good college coach to coach a team in the clutch, but you needed them to choke the game away, who would you choose?
2: Matt Painter, John smart.
1: <laughs> two excellent answers the first name that went to my head was barnes but uh the uh, yeah honestly matt painter is a great call uh it, it is uh painter shaka and barnes have combined to go to two final fours and it feels like they have should have way more than that with their talent um, at bweb 87 how many more games until furphy is starting over el marco at evan numbers Zero. is it time to start furphy over el marco yes or that's that's zero more games is your answer yeah at ryan underscore landreth given the choice between spending another two years dealing with his dmv chronicles or dating a strawberry blonde with two tattoo arm sleeves however plot twist uh, get ready for get ready to be shocked here she also loves it when athletes bat flip and have over the top celebrations how quickly would Nick text the number to get in the virtual DMV line? Dude,
2: I am pitching a 10 in the DMV.
1: <laughs> How quickly
2: would he ask for more time? <laughs> Send
1: M for more time.
2: With M my luck, for the more time to DMV office after eight hours sitting in the in the lobby uh the, the they'd call my number and i'd go up to a strawberry blonde with with a full body tattoo <laughs> but
1: i'd never go to the DMV again Yeah, and, and then the uh, i love whenever people the, the, people are starting to get this because at evan phillips 45 for drilling sent, it into their brain
0: without their consent
1: yep evan sent a picture of an attractive woman with lots of tattoos and says not a question, but I want you to show this picture to Nick and say, boo, which is hilarious. <laughs> and then at oh, Kim Lippold Golf says, are the metrics correct that women with tattoos are not good enough for Nick? Ken Pomeroy says the adjusted efficiency of women with tattoos is higher than what Nick puts them in his personal rankings.
0: Mm, I agree. <laughs>
1: I feel like we've legitimately changed Nick's opinion a little bit on this just I think with we have. with legitimate bullying. It's kind of horrible. I have not
2: changed my opinion. You've always had the notion that any tattoo of any sort is just like I'm just like uh, appalled. That's
1: exaggerated. Like, I, you have I, not liked just, women with lots of tattoos like at arms. I just generally I
2: just generally prefer a clean look.
1: That's fair. And that's a totally fine think? take. We're obviously just just busting your balls. But I think it, it's hilarious. I, I know,
2: exactly. But I I don't have I don't have tattoos. I'd never consider getting tattoos. So I I don't know. Maybe it's just uh oh, I'm white or something.
1: Well, Landon has one that's and true. it's Bill Self's face cuz he promised after they won the title to you, I definitely
0: ago. definitely have that one. Yeah,
1: and you go to church, sir, and people who go to church don't lie. So I know you have that.
0: Yeah, and depending on who you ask, people who go to church don't
1: have tattoos either. And I, of course, have many tattoos in my attempt to be an attractive woman and appeal to Nick. Uh, that's that's <laughs> still a work huh. in progress. We'll see how that, that changes goes. the total dynamic of the show. <laughs> and the questions, if we're being honest. Um, at, oh, true, yeah. at Cope Fraud, will Kansas drop five spots in the net if they beat Oklahoma by single digits? Uh, quite possible. Yeah, possibly.
0: and BYU will go up three spots by losing by 12.
1: They will... <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly what will happen. Kansas actually went down four spots uh, the the uh, on Tuesday despite not playing. That's that's actually yeah, that's what weird. happened. That's insane. Uh, also says it should Furphy be getting more minutes than El Marco? Yes, absolutely. They they absolutely do. At Evan numbers, what do the Jayhawks uh, need to do to bounce back against Oklahoma? How do they prove the game against UCF was just a fluke? Uh, probably by by actually going out and punching someone in the face, build an early eighteen to six lead like we see them do on teams before, and carry a ten point lead throughout the game. Yeah, I like that strategy a lot. At Show Me Hawk, do you think that the Big Twelve will be chaotic enough that a team or multiple teams going twelve and six will be enough to win the Big Twelve? Nick, what do you think? Mm, yeah. Oh, no, that's way too many L's. Here's my call yeah, right yeah. now: Kansas is going to go 14 and four and win the Big 12. I think that
2: they're. I mean, that's reasonable.
1: Yeah, I said 15 and three, and this one I didn't see coming, so I'll give them 14. But you said you
2: said, is it possible that a 12 and four team wins? Yes.
1: Oh, you mean yeah? The 12 and no, I don't. I don't. I don't think it is. I think five is the most. There's too many teams in this league. There's and and he, one of Houston or Kansas or Baylor, for that matter. Remember Baylor always plays a lot better in the second half of Big 12 play than the first half and they're 2 and 0 this year. They're 0 3 last year. One of those three teams is going to win or is going to win at least 13.
0: I agree. Yeah, I think 14-4 has got to get it to, or it has to be the record to get it outright.
1: Yes, I think second place will win 13. So do whatever you want with uh, how if someone gets the 14, they get it to themselves. Could we have like a three-way tie at 13 and five? Sure. As as always, everybody would accept a three-way. But I also don't know if that's going to be enough to get it out right. I really don't think it will. At Dick underscore taser, if, uh, I think self might be closer to pulling a Saban than most people think. And he's not gonna take goodbye tours like Coach Ratface. How many years do you think he stays? Says I think about two to four, because the portal and the NIL have to be a huge pain in the D. Ooh, I like the phrase pain in the D. I haven't thought about that one before. Uh yeah, uh, I, I, think I that's tend fair. to fair. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Two's really soon. I, I bet you get about five more years out of Bill Self.
0: I think it, I, I, I might be less I don't than don't think five. So. So if, yeah,
1: I would say the same. so if I asked you as Bill Self KU's coach on January first, twenty thirty, you would say no. Uh, no. yeah, I, I don't think that yeah, I don't think he will be. Until they hire their top assistant and leave us all screaming no, please, anything no, else. Oh god Yeah. Travis Goff's
2: smart though, so
1: he is. Yeah, Travis Goff went was, out and made a if it great was the item. edible
2: arrangements guy, I would be a little worried.
1: Oh, somebody on Twitter said Jeff Long would absolutely tear down Allen Fieldhouse uh, to build a, a spiffy new 7,500-seat arena, and honestly, that's that's probably right, which I might be in favor of as long as the thing has Wi-Fi. How in the blue hell is it 2024 and Allen Fieldhouse doesn't have public Wi-Fi? And of all the people in my mansions, will you go to watch the game not to be on your phone? Enough. Every building has Wi-Fi. I went to a funeral house the other day and it had public Wi-Fi. How does Allen Fieldhouse not have public Wi-Fi? I have to use Nick's yeah, login. Yeah, I still have Nick's login. My iPhone saves it's that. It's caught his balls in that building. Yeah, see, I don't mind that. I, I, I don't mind the heat. <laughs>
2: yeah, for Ryan, that's like that's like 65 to Ryan. Yeah.
1: One time they it's played even- an October exhibition game, and it was like 81 degrees that day outside, and it was fantastic. Everybody was using oh, their popcorn buckets to try to fan themselves off, and I was like, this Ryan is- would
0: wear a hoodie and a sauna.
1: Uh yeah yeah and a l- undershirt. Uh, wait, do you me- see one? What...
2: Meanwhile, Landon walks out in this zero degree weather in his boxers and does snow yep. angels
1: with the tobacco, chewing the tobacco and being like, "Man, I love this part of the weather."
2: He's like, "Man, I miss Michigan." This is
1: too cold. <laughs> this is too cold even for me. I don't. I don't like this. Why do you think we're doing two podcasts this weekend? Because it's too cold to do anything else. And we're addicts. <laughs> and we're good at it, right? Right? Anybody? Oh. Maybe. Oh,
2: okay. Right, right,
1: right. At Evan numbers for the that last suck again, gif the last question here. Uh the obvious question is can you rank the top five worst losses in the Bill Self era? Okay, so let's take tournament losses out of this. Cause like those would be the top like 15. Uh, one, TCU
0: TCU's Temple. the worst. Losing to Kentucky by the Oh, that I much. forgot
1: about Temple. Temple's probably worse than this one.
0: Yeah, especially considering that was by like thirty-four or whatever yeah, they it was. Got,
1: they, got, they got rocked. Uh Oral Roberts at home was terrible. Uh yeah. Richmond beat him at home. The Nevada team that beat him at home was better than those two, but Davidson I mean, in the sprint center. Oh, Davidson. You remember the guy so you guys were young, but do you remember the white guy of the game that made the dagger three in that game for Davidson? Not even a little. His name, I believe, was Nick Cochran. Nick, N I K. Nice. Spelt like that. That name does sound familiar. Taking after or going before
0: Nick Stauskis. Yeah.
1: In the way. If you go to the ESPN. Who is that guy
2: from Stanford?
1: Oh, uh, uh, Stanford. Uh, Stanford had one?
2: No, they, they didn't have a, They didn't make any threes when they beat KU, did they? But they had a really weird white guy.
1: Yeah, the big center that shut down future NBA players in Tarek Black and Wayne Selvin. I remember that. Uh, so if I go to uh, the Davidson Kansas recap, I can't see the box score anymore, um, but it talks about how uh, Davidson stuns Kansas as Nick Cochran had 21 points, including a clutch three pointer in the final minute. No, this can't be Bill's Jayhawks.
0: Let <laughs> me shocked Pikachu face. Freaking unbelievable! They lost. Uh, that. Well, the Washington L
1: is bad. Yeah, I think I would go work. TCU is 1 by 10 country miles followed by, yeah. in some order, Temple, Washington, and Oral Roberts at home. I think those are my next tier. T- uh, TCU
0: might – that TCU game or team might be one of the worst, like, ten teams that Kansas has played.
1: Yeah, they were they were atrocious. And then I think they actually beat Oklahoma in the last game of that year, the only reason they didn't go 1-17 in Big 12 play.
0: Yeah, they were so, 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 so bad.
1: Uh, and then I'm with you. The Kentucky game is an interesting choice because that's probably with my eyes, the best team Bill Self's teams have ever played against. And yet probably the
0: best college basketball team I've ever seen.
1: Yes. That team beats 08 UNC that team beats any, anybody I've watched. And, and that may be one of the five worst games. Like if we're being serious. From a
0: watchability standpoint, at least. I mean, they just got, like, clocked. Like, that was never fun.
1: You know how many points Kansas scored in the second half that day? I think it was, I think I remember it. It was, like,
0: 12 or something.
1: Yep, 12. Uh, Wayne Seldon led Kansas in scoring with nine. <laughs>
0: At least in the Temple game, Frank Mason had the dignity to get to like 13.
1: Yeah. Now, I think Frank Mason had 20 in that game. I think that was his only twenty points. Well, maybe he did. Maybe he had a good year. game, and everyone else had like four. So I know that this isn't exactly a ringing endorsement, but Kansas only trailed Kentucky by 10 points at halftime of that game. That was a I'm game. Close. Yeah. And then the second half was 34 to 12.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's bad.
1: I'm looking at the box score of that just because why not? And the uh, wildcat that played the ninth most minutes was Devin Booker. <laughs> and he went two for and, eight in that game. And he is a superstar. <laughs> yeah, and he's only two years older than, uh, than uh, Nick uh, Nick Timberlake.
0: That, that's great. That's,
1: that. that's for the drop. If you ever have any AskRCBs, use Twitter hashtag AskRCB. All right, here we go. Oklahoma. I guess I should rank them. Whatever. Uh, number nine, Oklahoma. At number three, Kansas. On Saturday, January thirteenth, at one o'clock, on who else but ESPN Plus? Why? I oh, but ESPN don't worry, Plus. guys. It gets. I hate ESPN Plus. It gets better because this is right before the Chiefs play on Peacock.
0: Death to streaming, please. Awful
1: awful seriously why why so here's the thing with espn plus on top of it being total booty cheeks you have to be able to switch matchups around like you have to flex some of these games this not being a, let's look up i'm gonna google espn tv schedule let's see what games are on while nine at three is on your app espn tomorrow at 10 uh, of course i get okay here it is at one o'clock ESPN is airing, no, not ESPN Plus, you scumbags. Um, They are airing uh, Kentucky and Texas A&M. And Arkansas and Florida, four of those teams, three of them are not ranked. Like, come on.
0: Yeah, yeah. You should, this like, at least you got to get this game to like ESPNU or
1: something. Well, sir, I don't know. The ESPNU schedule is very busy at 1 o'clock tomorrow. They're going to be showing um, nothing, actually. Nothing. Probably
2: Coach K's best moments.
1: Actually, here it is. (laughs) ESPNU is Texas versus Kansas State in women's Uh, basketball. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, that can't wow. happen. That's All just right. that's just poor planning on the uh, I know they're doing it so people buy the
2: stupid It's not app. planning, it's in it's deliberate.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, they they they're doing this so people will buy their stupid the app right before people buy the stupid Peacock app. The worst streaming app in
0: existence. Yeah,
1: the commercials are horrible. The the quality, I kept having to restart it cuz the pictures was so horrible. And then like, you know the thing that bothers me about ESPN Plus is you open the app and the, the 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 prominent game you want to watch isn't showing under the like live now. You have to like scroll past a yeah. whole bunch of horrible games. Yeah. Teams.
2: Oh my gosh! Yeah. So many. So many like Mississippi Valley replay. State yes. versus Jacksonville yeah. Penitentiary.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I had to click through like. Like bottom tier mid-major teams like 20 games worth to get to the replay of the number three like, team in the country. Why
2: are they even broadcasting those games? There's two people watching that, and one of them is an elderly woman whose son logged into ESPN Plus <laughs> on her TV yep. and didn't change the channel, so she turns the TV on and can't figure out how to change the remote, so she just watches uh, Alabama State uh, Huntsville ver- <laughs> play uh, Texas A&M University, their 17th uh institution uh texas a&m uh, uh waco yeah. or something yeah it's just ugh.
1: it is frustrating but if you have the app which i'm sure most of you do by now because you gotta have it for kansas games you'll catch what should be a pretty good matchup the oklahoma sooners just like kansas are 13 and two overall they are one and one in big 12 play that sounds familiar their losses have been to the best two teams they've played in north carolina and at tcu both by at least nine points their wins iowa state usc arkansas among others
0: porter moser replaced grant shurfield with Siena transfer guard javion McCollum, who leads the team with 15 points as the two guard he's an all-around player that shoots 40 percent from three on more than six shots per contest the point guard is milos uzan who is four inches taller than dewan harris and adds nine points and five assists while doing most of his damage at the basket, but if we know anything about guys that don't shoot a lot of threes, it's that they will shoot and make a lot of threes. Yep. Yeah.
1: yeah the
2: rest got... of the Sooners lineup features wings Otega, Owie. Uh, oh, wait. Awi, like oh, okay. You know, I'm not good with names. Jalen Moore. They're both double-digit scorers. Six foot ten. John Hugley the fourth, and his ten points and five rebounds ensure fire white guy of the game candidate Sam Godwin. Who starts at the four and has not yet attempted a three in his college career? Wait, so the uh, the uh, the brothers from Eastern Washington are gone now. They There's are, no more a hunt. Uh,
1: they are they dead. Find their the Groves. Yeah, the Groves brothers are gone. They're dead. Cause of death: Kansas fans. We're done for.
2: Surely, yeah. Lindy Waters is back on Oklahoma State's roster, isn't he? <laughs> Phil Forte. Phil
0: Forte is hitting the
1: clock. He's coming back in for work.
2: What was that one like European guy on Oklahoma State?
1: oh um 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 uh, uh oh gosh what was his name uh dezagla oh. thomas dezagla oh, yeah
2: thomas dezagla who i, I think, think at
1: one right. point in a game kansas was playing them i think he had more points than the rest of the cowboys together if i remember that that sounds right that was yeah so the metrics on this game i'm trying to become a little bit more analytical uh by checking some of these websites not a great year to start doing that but whatever Their metrics are, like, identical to Kansas'. It's wild. Kansas is 19 overall, Oklahoma is 20. Kansas is 41 in offensive efficiency, and Oklahoma is 42. Kansas is 12 in defensive efficiency, and Oklahoma is 15. They play similar styles. They do an excellent job keeping teams off the glass. Their overall defensive numbers are very good, and they also shoot an excellent 76% at the line as a team. Porter-Mosier teams have always been very good at the free-throw line. We saw that with TCU. Kansas hasn't been great at the free-throw line as of late. You don't want to be behind this team late because they will make their shots. They do foul a lot. They play at a slow pace, and they don't draw a lot of contact. Despite being very good at the line, they don't get there as often as a team that primarily plays inside-out ball should.
0: This is going to be Oklahoma's final trip to Allen Fieldhouse as a member of the Big 12, and they enter with 22 consecutive L's dating back to 1993. Since Bill Self took over at Kansas, he has lost just one more time at Allen Fieldhouse 17 times then Oklahoma has 16 self is 27 and 6 overall against the Sooners and Kansas has won 8 of the last 9 against OU
1: but think of how close some of those are last year came down to the final shot uh, against Oklahoma they were down by 10 points with like 5 minutes left in one the game Kadim
2: yeah. Latin makes a free throw yeah. in 2016
1: yep uh, they were up 12 on Frank Mason senior night um, the Trey Young team got bombed. The COVID year, they lost by four. The, the year that KU won the title, they, they were winning in that game late, and the Groves brothers sucked. Uh, so they're always right there. And the, in the championship year in Norman needed Christian Brown to rescue them at the last second. So uh, there's these games. Kansas has won most of them, but, boy, they always play close. Um, here's my prediction. I'll go first. The metrics say these teams are similar. I think Oklahoma's metrics are a little too favorable, and I think Kansas's metrics are not doing them justice. I think that Kansas has played a better schedule, therefore I think their metrics are better earned, and I always will back Kansas coming home after a loss, a fluky loss that we all, we all think at least had some degree of flukiness to it. I like Kansas to win a game over Oklahoma by more than some people are expecting. I'm seeing if I can find some sort of line in the game. I assume it's going to be Kansas by like six. Uh, but I think Kansas take care of business here. Um, I'm going to say Kansas 78, Oklahoma 68. Uh, Jayhawks win a game where they get off to a nice lead early on, and they, they're leading by 7-15 to 15 for the bulk of the game.
0: Nick, what do you think?
2: Uh, I'm going to say Oklahoma is going to lose this game. Uh, I'm going to say Kansas wins 83-73. Uh, to 73. I do think that it's a bounce-back performance. A good win for KU. I think Hunter Dickinson gets back into it, so does Kevin McCuller. I do like the lineup, uh, the matchups against Oklahoma. And like you said, I think uh, you know it seems like both teams are going to need a win. I'll take my odds with Allen Fieldhouse any day of the week. I do, I do think the atmosphere in Allen Fieldhouse might be a little worse tomorrow just because of the weather. It seems like when, when stuff like this happens, you know, the old gray hairs uh, kind of, I, I guess that would be a benefit if they weren't there because they're not as loud. But I feel like the environment's a little bit more tamed in settings like this. But we'll find out. I think KU gets a win tomorrow.
1: Oklahoma opens as a seven-point underdog.
0: Yeah, I was actually going to take Kansas by 7. I think they will bounce back and win 77-70. to 70 Jayhawks win. Uh, I think you're not going to see Kansas win a lot of games by 10 or more this year. Um, this I do think is a decent candidate for it, but I, I think uh, OU will hold it within 10. Um, I think it'll be an interesting game. OU does have a history of, of playing Kansas really close. Uh, but I do think the Jayhawks, they're going to have a fire in their belly a little bit, and I think they'll close really well and get the win.
1: Kansas usually wins when Hunter Dickinson is the best center on the floor. I don't think Oklahoma has the horses to slow him down, especially coming off his worst game of the year. And I think this feels like a nice eight points and five rebounds in the first five minutes of the game for Hunter Dickinson. We've seen him have those performances before. And then Bill Self will be like, oh, I think his knee hurts. Let's sit him down as Oklahoma gets back into the game. But Kansas needs to take care of business here. You self called it a must-win game, and you don't hear him say that very early or very often this early in conference play. Big Twelve games, winless number eighteen BYU at Central Florida. Uh, man, I was I was hoping that UCF would play somebody worse that I could take them to lose because they're going to be so flat after Kansas. I think the Cougars finally get a win. Yeah, agreed. Yep. Kansas State at Texas Tech, battle of the unbeaten's. Who's still going to be in first place? Red Raiders. Yeah.
2: I am gonna take Texas Tech. Yeah, K State's gonna drop one.
1: I don't think Tech's very good, but I, yeah, I think they they're pretty good at home. Number two, Houston at TCU. Give me the Horn Frogs to make it two in a row for the Cougs.
2: back to back L's for oh, uh, the Cheater himself.
1: Landon, did you agree? Yes. Wow. Yeah, I think TCU is not, who ESPN only says has a 20% chance of winning this game at home. Uh, Yeah, I think TCU wins and enters the top 25. Number 25, Texas at West Virginia. I've tried it once. I'm not trying it again. West Virginia is awful. Give me the horns. Mountain
0: Mamas, baby.
1: Oh, wow.
2: Yikes. Uh, Texas.
1: One of us will pick West Virginia like 11 times out of 18 games and we'll never be right. They're gonna win a game against the team that all of us will pick them to lose. Uh, that very well could happen. Oklahoma State at Iowa State. This is another example. I wanted to see Iowa State. Like if they were playing like a BYU or like a like a like a Texas Tech here, I think I take them to lose. But I think the Cowboys suck, even though they always do seem to win up there. I'll still go with the Cyclones. Yep. Yeah, Same. Cincinnati at number fourteen Baylor. I think we all want the Bears. Yep. Not the Cats. Bears, yeah. Although, Bear,
0: Cats. Give Cincinnati credit. They're playing some feisty basketball early.
1: Yeah, but eventually they're going to figure out about how this conference goes. Other games. Not a great slate of college games, which is fine because there's NFL games all weekend. Number six, Kentucky at Texas A&M. Is this the night the Cats go down? Yes. Ooh, yep. Really? Uh, no, I will stick with the Paypals. I think they're far and away a top five team right now. Number eight, Arizona at Washington State. Battle of two teams that are high up in that conference. Who wins? Uh, Wildcats. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's close, but yes. Number 13, Memphis at Wichita State. How good are the Tigers? Memphis. Better than Wichita State. Yep, agreed. And how about this? A football game. Miami Dolphins at Kansas City Chiefs on Saturday night in the... Nick, Nick, this is not Hurricanes versus Ruse, but hey, the Ruse might have a good shot. Uh, Chiefs 26, Dolphins 17
0: uh chiefs 23 dolphins
1: 16
2: chiefs 7 dolphins 6
1: the, <laughs> the, the curb your enthusiasm music <laughs> will make an appearance at some point on the next show yep you just tell all right so next show landon you're out nick and i just uh nick just the two of us on uh, sunday night right to recap ku second straight loss
2: Oh, we're so close to this, me being done on this show. All right. oh, sorry, yeah, Sunday nights will be great.
1: Yeah, I'll let you talk the crap as long as you're leading pick em. This is Inside the Paint, and I'm Ryan Landreth.
2: You pay me too much to complain.
0: Uh, I'm Bill Self's uh, win-loss
1: record in Orlando.
0: Bad.
2: And I am Parker Brown, except li- slightly shorter, but maybe more white.
1: <laughs> you're definitely more white, um, and you're definitely shorter, so I guess that works. All right. Uh, Lisa
2: Brown's not my mom, though.
1: Uh, take off your shirt and go run around the front yard, everybody. It's perfectly fine.
0: That's just general advice. You can take that any time of year.
1: <laughs> Landon does that with
2: his T-shirt after he rips it off after KU loses. I was gonna so.
1: say, Everybody, <laughs> behave yourselves. Goodbye.
0: Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol.